What the heck should I feed my cat? Part one, the basics. Hello, this is your host and friendly neighborhood animal nutrition wizard, Trinity. I am really excited to talk to you about this particular topic today because I believe this is the most important topic for any cat owner or cat lover. And it's both very simple and very complicated, so this is kind of up my alley. And how is that so, you may wonder? Well, the rules are very simple, but the reasons behind them can seem complex. How to feed your cat a diet that will help to ensure longevity, optimum health, and prevent uh, things like vomiting, hairballs, excess shedding, matting, bad breath, periodontal disease, lower urinary tract disease, urinary tract infection, stones, crystals, and a myriad of other health problems is really easy. And some of you listening might take some more convincing than others, but it's worth the effort to me. And explaining the whys behind these simple guidelines for those that need to hear that um, is where it can get complicated. But that's what I'm here for. My biggest mission, my one and only mission really as your nutrition wizard is to do all of the research, find the hard evidence, study and study and study some more and bring everything to you in bite-sized comprehensible pieces so that I can help you feel empowered to feel comfortable and feel confident in your food choices for your pets and ultimately the end result is that your dog or your cat or your small pet feels better and lives longer. That is the end game. That's my only end game. A healthier, happier pet for all of us. And that's what makes what I do so incredibly rewarding. So, are you ready for the rules? These are the strict guidelines for giving your cat the best nutrition. There are five in total, as determined by myself, and I'm going to assume that you're nodding or indicating yes in some fashion, so here they are in order of importance. Rule number one, feed a diet high in moisture. Rule two, feed a diet high in named animal protein. Rule three, feed a diet very low in carbohydrate. Rule four, feed a diet that has little to no heating and processing. And rule number five is feed a diet that has little to no synthetic additives or other unsafe ingredients. So that's it. If you follow all five of those rules, you will see objectively positive results. Simple, right? So for some, this already makes perfect sense and no additional information is needed from me. For others, you're intrigued and you're willing to grant me the truth of these rules, but need a little more to feel satisfied. And for others still, you may need a lot more convincing. Wherever you're at, that's okay, because you're here, you're listening, and you're trying to learn. And that is an amazing step towards wizardry. So the more of these rules you follow, the healthier and more robust your cat will be. I have listed them in what I believe to be the most likely order of importance, but they are all crucial to have a thriving feline companion. If you follow rule one, 
you will see health benefits, including a drastically reduced likelihood of fluted or feline lower urinary tract disease and bladder stones. If you follow two rules, you'll see even more benefits and so on. So the main point here is that you should follow all of these rules, but if for some reason reason meeting every of these um, strict guidelines feels impossible, then try to meet as many of them as you can in the order I have listed. If all you can do is switch to a high moisture diet, you are still potentially adding years to your cat's life. If you can meet more, then do. Your cat's health is in your hands and you have the magical power of nutrition as your number one weapon to ward off ill health. How you wield that power will largely determine your cat's quality of life. There are of course unforeseen circumstance and you know forces outside of our control such as accidents and genetics, but we're here to talk about the most important aspect of your cat's health that you can control and that's their nutrition. So you may be wondering, why are these rules so important? What does high or low mean in context? So I'm going to delve into each of these rules so that regardless of what page you're on now, we can all be on the same page by the time we finish go- going over all of the rules. Rule number one, water. <laughs> moisture, moisture, and more moisture. This is the most important rule of the five, and I listed it first for this reason. Water is the most important nutrient, and since my podcast is all about pet nutrition, I'd be sorely lacking if I didn't mention water. (laughs) But here's the interesting thing. This wouldn't be my chief concern if we were talking about dogs in this lesson. It would still be part of the rule book, but it wouldn't be my number one concern and that's because cats have some special needs. You've probably heard before that our bodies are around 60 to 70% water. Well, the same is true for cats. Since it is the nutrient that makes up the majority of your cat's body, roughly two thirds of their body, it is by far the most important nutrient. Water content is lost through skin evaporation, breathing, and of course, bowel movements. So, you know, urination and defecating. And this happens every day. So replenishment of this most vital nutrient on a daily basis is incredibly important. And I'll explain in a moment why kitties eating kibble are not getting enough water. Water has quite a few important functions, including transporting nutrients throughout the body and regulating body temperature. It also lubricates the joints, the eyes, mouth, and other areas. It helps to protect the organs and tissues within the body, and it is an essential part of the digestive process, to name a few. Being 15% deficient of bodily water can mean death, so it is incredibly important to your cat's health to stay well hydrated. But your cat has a heritage that makes this challenging for owners who are feeding dry food. As I talked about in my um, lesson where on where cats come from, their origins, I explained that all of our cats descended from um, wild desert cats in the Middle East called Felis sylvestris libica. I won't go into too much detail here because I, I already covered this in a previous episode, but in a nutshell, because our cats come from desert cats, their bodies are built to obtain their water through their food. In the case of wild cats, that would be prey. Small rodents, birds, lizards, etc., whatever they can catch and eat. And all of the bodies of that prey are roughly 70% water, just like your cat or like us. 
And since our domestic kitties are depending on us for the majority or all of their food, we need to ensure that the food we are choosing has a similar water content of about 60 to 80% moisture as what their normal food is. As the name implies, you will never find the appropriate amount of water in a dry food. Kibble is roughly 9 to 12% water content. This leaves a huge deficit of a very important nutrient in this type of diet. And as I said, your cat is built to obtain their water from their food, not from drinking. In fact, because of this, all of our cat's thirst drives are very low. Your cat's desire to seek and drink water doesn't click on until they are already severely dehydrated. And so for those of you who may be thinking, well, my cat drinks a lot of water, so they're fine. I have bad news for you, unfortunately. Your cat is drinking a lot of water because it is in a constant state of dehydration. In fact, inadequate water consumption plagues a large percentage of our cats today. No matter how much water your cat drinks to try and make up for the huge lack of water in their kibble, they cannot get enough to thrive. And it is for this very reason that about 3% of adult cats are reported to have fluted or feline lower urinary tract disease. And the older your cat is, the more likely they are to suffer from chronic kidney disease or CKD. One study found the prevalence of CKD to be 13% in cats that are under four years, and then it jumps up to 24% in cats that are aged uh, somewhere between four to 10 years. Then it jumps up again to 31% in cats aged 10 to 15 years and so on. This is a largely nutrition-based issue. And the problem is that our cats lack the most important nutrient, which is water, in the diets that many, many, many pet owners are feeding their cats. And because they are not essentially flushing their bladder enough, working their kidneys enough, and urinating frequently enough due to their dry diets, they are much more susceptible to the irritation of the bladder wall lining, the uh, UTIs caused by bacteria which is able to travel unhindered up through the urethra due to lack of urination, and stones and crystals forming from sediment in the urine that sits for far too long in the bladder. If your cat does not fill their bladder enough, and this is the case for many months or years, and they are extremely likely to suffer from some form of urinary tract issues. And as concerning and awful as this is, especially for male cats in which blockages and UTIs in the urethra are incredibly painful, it is entirely preventable. So that's the good news. Not only is there an insurmountable amount of evidence coming from holistic veterinarians around the country, uh, who have focus in education and nutrition um, on the benefits of wet diets for cats. Uh, but we also have clinical studies that confirm high moisture diets can drastically decrease the likelihood of um, stone and crystal buildup. So I say this especially to the cat owners listening who have pets that are suffering from urinary tract issues. You absolutely do not need to purchase outrageously priced dry veterinary diets or even the wet veterinary diets. You just need to greatly increase the level of moisture in your cat's food. This doesn't mean adding water to their kibble, unfortunately. This is something that often gets recommended as a replacement, but it's like trying to add water to a raisin in order to turn it back into a grape. It's also very unsafe to let kibble sit in water for too long. It's basically just a perfect breeding ground for bacteria, and it encourages more dental problems if you soak your kibble as the 
very, very, very slight benefit of the crunchy surface of kibble is lost when the kibble is made soft. Um, I would like to make a very important side note about that. It is a myth that kibble cleans teeth, and so you can rest easy if the one thing holding you back from feeding your cat wet food is that you wanted to protect their dental health. Kibble does not clean teeth. In fact, there are studies showing teeth discolor more with some kibbles over some canned foods. It is essentially folklore or a bad rumor, and it's akin to telling humans that they can keep their teeth clean by eating potato chips. It just doesn't really work. So. Um, don't feed kibble just for the sake of cleaning teeth, and don't expect kibble and water to keep your cat properly hydrated. It just doesn't work. So now you can see the importance of feeding a moist diet for our domestic cats. It helps our desert-descended feline companions avoid a whole slew of urinary issues, it does not hurt their dental care, and it aids in digestion as water is vital in all aspects of digestion, and eating a high-moisture food makes digestion that much easier. There are more benefits to feeding a wet food. Um, canned food, for example, has less starch and therefore less sugar than kibble, making wet food naturally low calorie without losing the important fats necessary for your pet's health. So canned food is actually a fantastic way to help an overweight kitty lose weight. Keep in mind, if your cat is already at a good weight or even underweight, you can still feed canned food, of course. You just want to ensure the canned food you choose is high calorie and or that you feed enough of it. Raw food is even better in this regard as it has even less carbohydrates, so even less sugar. It is very minimally processed and so it retains more of its natural nutrients and it's even easier to digest and it often has little to no uh, potentially toxic synthetic additives. On top of feeding a high moisture diet, it's always important to leave out fresh clean water for your cat in an area where they are likely to stumble upon it often. You always want to use bowls made of uh, ceramic, stoneware, or stainless steel instead of plastic as they are more hygienic and easier to clean. You also don't want plastic leaching into the water. If you live in an area where the tap water is of questionable quality, use filtered water or if you absolutely have to, bottled water until a better option is presented. You can also obtain an inexpensive fountain. Cadet has a nice drinking fountain I used. Um, for my cat when I had her uh, for several years is at a good price and it just sort of bubbles the water quietly uh, so it sort of catches their eye. But you will notice that once you switch to a moist diet your cat is probably going to drink a lot less and that's perfectly normal. They're eating their water at that point so they don't need to drink it quite so often anymore. So this is already quite a long episode with a lot of new information, so I'll be breaking this wizardry lesson up into several parts. This was part one of the basics for feeding a cat, where you found out the five rules for feeding a cat to ensure they are healthy and happy, and we went into detail on the first and most important rule, feed a diet high in moisture. The next episode will continue the lesson, starting with rule number two, feed a diet high in named animal protein. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me on my Facebook group. That is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ask the wizard. And I will also provide citations for research on the information discussed within this episode upon request. In the future, there will also be a guide published in the group with this information so that those that 
would prefer to read it um, or that are hard of hearing uh, can and that will also contain references. So thank you guys so much for listening, for learning. I appreciate you, um, your amazing cat owners, amazing animal lovers. Uh, take charge however you can in your pet's health. And remember, nutrition is magic. Hey, listener. I'd like to tell you a bit about the Animal Nutrition Wizard. She is an independent pet nutrition coach and the host of this podcast, Trinity Thresher. She currently has certifications from Nina Liu and Holly and Hugo, six years of experience in the field and does independent study and research. She provides coaching, consultations, guides, and more through donations only, whereas the average cost for a pet nutrition consultation ranges from $75 to $500. The ultimate goal is to create a nonprofit organization that provides these benefits on a larger scale and to create a certification program for the Animal Nutrition Wizard's seal of approval for members of the pet food industry to strive to achieve. This seal would let pet owners know that products using it are safe and healthy. Your support is the driving force that helps to maintain and grow this dream. Thank you.